Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the feast of the Queenship of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who made the mother of your Son to be our mother and our Queen, graciously grant that sustained by her intercession, we may attain in the heavenly kingdom the glory promised to your children. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Ezekiel. The angel took me to the gate, the one facing east. I saw the glory of the God of Israel approaching from the east. A sound came with it, like the sound of the ocean and the earth shone with its glory. This vision was like the one I had seen when I had come from the destruction of the city, and like the one I had seen on the bank of the river Kabar, Then I prostrated myself. The glory of the Lord arrived at the temple by the east gate. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court. I saw the glory of the Lord fill the temple, and I heard someone speaking to me from the temple while the man stood beside me. The voice said, Son of man, this is the dais of my throne, the step on which I rest my feet. I shall live here among the sons of Israel forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The glory of the Lord will dwell in our land. The glory of the Lord will dwell in our land. I will hear what the Lord God has to say, a voice that speaks of peace, peace for his people and his friends. His help is near for those who fear him, and his glory will dwell in our land. The glory of the Lord will dwell in our land. Mercy and faithfulness have met. Justice and peace have embraced. Faithfulness shall spring from the earth, and justice look down from heaven. The glory of the Lord will dwell in our land. The Lord will make us prosper, and our earth shall yield its fruit. Justice shall march before him, and peace shall follow his steps. The glory of the Lord will dwell in our land. Alleluia, alleluia. You have one Father, 
your Father in heaven. You have one teacher, the Lord Jesus Christ. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Addressing the people and his disciples, Jesus said, The scribes and the Pharisees occupy the chair of Moses. You must therefore do what they tell you and listen to what they say. But do not be guided by what they do, since they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, but will they lift a finger to move them? Not they. Everything they do is done to attract attention, like wearing broader phylacteries and longer tassels, like wanting to take the place of honour at banquets and the front seats in the synagogues, being greeted obsequiously in the market squares and having people call them rabbi. You, however, must not allow yourselves to be called rabbi, since you have only one master, and you are all brothers. You must call no one on earth your father, since you have only one father, and he is in heaven. Nor must you allow yourselves to be called teachers, for you have only one teacher, the Christ. The greatest among you must be your servant. Anyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and anyone who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So we've come to the last reading from the prophet Ezekiel in the lectionary. Um, And like in some ways it's a bit of a shame because um, we skip over a lot of stuff in these last chapters uh, of the prophet Ezekiel. And, And a lot of it's, you know, really good stuff. So, you know, the church is giving us a really quick summary of these last few chapters. But basically, what we've been looking towards is the restoration of Israel, the coming back from exile, and the rebuilding of the temple. Now, the last couple of days, we've had some awesome readings. You know, we heard about God promising to take the heart of stone from his people and to give them a heart of flesh. And then we heard uh, yesterday the the Valley of Dead Bones um, and how those bones are brought together by the prophecy of the Word of God and, and that the breath of God breathes new life into these new bodies and, and a whole army of people now stands before God. Um, and both of these pictures speak of a new creation, a new beginning, God the Creator making new life. And, you know, not just a kind of awakening to the old kind of life, but no longer a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh, which makes it possible for us to live with God and to love Him and hear His word and obey Him. So Ezekiel receives a vision of this new temple that's built, and it's it's bigger and better and greater than the one that Solomon had built, the one that the Babylonians had destroyed. Um, And it's new, you know. There's um, a new altar, a new priesthood, a new system of sacrifice. And having had a a tour of this new temple uh, in a vision, Ezekiel then sees the glory of the Lord returning to the temple. 
Um, and that's the reading that we hear uh, today. The angel took me to the gate, the one facing east. I saw the glory of the Lord. I saw the glory of the God of Israel approaching from the east. A sound came with it, like the sound of the ocean, and the earth shone with his glory. Now, remember that this was originally the vision that Ezekiel had seen in Babylon. Remember, he was on the banks of the river Kabar, um, and he saw the glory of the Lord leaving the temple from the east gate and going you know, over the Kidron Valley to the Mount of Olives and, and out to the east. Now coming from the east, coming from the place where the sun rises, here is God's holy presence entering into the temple once more. So, you know, it goes on, right? The glory of the Lord arrived at the temple by the east gate. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court. I saw the glory of the Lord fill the temple. And I heard someone speaking to me from the temple while the man stood beside me. And the voice said, Son of man, this is the dais of my throne, the step on which I rest my feet. I shall live here among the sons of Israel forever. So we get this picture, right, of God coming back into his temple and taking his place in the Holy of Holies, the sanctuary. Um, and again, you know, in the Jewish imagination, um, the temple was kind of the trysting place between heaven and earth. You know, God sat enthroned in heaven and he rested his feet on the footstool, which was the temple. So for Ezekiel, God's back. God's back among his people. And not only that, what God has done is not simply reverse the exile, you know, not just sort of go back to the way that things were from before, but has performed this great act of new creation, of new beginning, a new covenant, and everything's better. Now, once again, I think it's important for us to see that these prophecies are kind of operating on two levels. Um, on the one hand, yeah, absolutely. Ezekiel's talking about the restoration of Israel from Babylon, from their exile. Um, but this prophecy really comes to its fulfillment in Christ. We can see from Ezekiel the way that the temple was understood to be the presence of God among his people. The temple was where you would go in order to offer sacrifice and to be in communion with God. And of course, God promises to be with his people. But in Jesus, we see that the temple isn't stone and mortar and wood. It's flesh. The presence of God among his people is to be found in the body of Christ. He is called Emmanuel. God with us. Remember, during Holy Week, one of the things that Jesus says to his opponents is, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. But he wasn't talking about the temple in which they were standing. He was talking about the temple which was his body. The prophet Ezekiel speaks about a restoration, that God would remove the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh, that the dead men's bones in the valley would be gathered together by the word of God and that the breath of God would cause new life to spring up within it. And we see that that comes to its fulfillment in Christ. In his saving death, he saves us from death. And in his resurrection, the life of all is risen. 
And if you remember, you know, way back to a couple of weeks ago when we heard about the glory of the Lord leaving the temple in Ezekiel's vision, we can see now that this exact same path is being trod by the glory of the Lord back into the temple from the east down the Mount of Olives, across the Kidron Valley, through the east gate into the temple. The exact same path that Jesus walks in his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The exact same path that Ezekiel sees here in his vision as God comes among his people. As God makes this promise that he will live among the sons of Israel forever. Now, after you know having this vision and, and having this picture of the glory of the Lord return to the temple, um, Ezekiel has a, a further vision uh, a little bit later on in chapter 47. Um, and it's the vision of uh, a stream coming out of the temple and, and flowing out eastwards. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it before. Um, that, you know, Ezekiel's guide takes him out by the north gate, leads him around the outside to the outer east gate, and the water flows out. Uh, And then, you know, the guide is holding the measuring line, measures off a thousand cubits, and he can wade across the stream, and it's at his ankles, and then he wades across the stream again, and it's at his knees, and then he wades across the stream again, and it's at his waist. Then it just becomes this enormous river that is now impossible to cross, that there's this sweet water that's coming from the sanctuary, from the holy of holies, from the dwelling place of God. Now, we're told that this river flows east, down to the Arabah and to the sea. And flowing into the sea, it makes its waters wholesome. And wherever the river flows, all the living creatures teeming it will live. Now, if you head east from Jerusalem, you hit the Dead Sea. Uh, And it's aptly named because... It's so salty, everything is dead. Fish can't live in it. And you get this interesting picture of um, this salty water becoming fresh water. Now, that's interesting because usually if you add fresh water to salt water, it just makes the salt water less salty. But now we have this picture of of salt water actually becoming sweet. Uh, That there's this incredible transformation that happens with the water that comes from the sanctuary of the temple, that it makes that which is bitter turn sweet. It transforms it. Um, And along the river, we hear that there's every kind of fruit tree that never withers and fruit that never fails. And, you know, it brings about fruit every month, um, not every year, every month. Um, And that the leaves of these trees are restorative, they're they're medicinal. Now, what's the picture that's being painted here? It's a new Eden. Like all of these fruit trees, these rivers, like it's, it's all giving us this pattern of a new Eden that's coming forth from this temple, from God living amongst his people in harmony. All right. Now, when Jesus hangs upon the cross... And the soldiers thrust the lance into his side and and outflows blood and water. You know, his sacred heart, that's the Holy of Holies. He is the temple. He is the sanctuary. He is the dwelling place of God. And the water that flows out from this temple, according to the vision of Ezekiel, this is the establishment of a new Eden, a new creation. So let's remember to turn to our Lord Jesus because... 
He is the fulfillment of the promise made to Ezekiel. God said that he would dwell among the sons of Israel forever, and he does in Christ. Jesus is the one who is spoken of in our response to the psalm today, that the glory of the Lord will dwell in our land. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.